Hello and welcome to Is This Anime. I am your quote-unquote anime expert, Jack Metcalf. And I'm back for one episode, for the 100th episode. I'm Malcolm McLeod, the guy who knows nothing about anime. And I'm your anime expert, Sasha Husband. (laughs) (laughs) It's episode 100, folks. Yay, applause, applause, applause. Uh, Sound effects, whatever we fucking want. Uh... Yeah, I think first of all, we should thank the most important folks, the listeners, for uh, letting us get to this uh, amazing number. Wouldn't you agree, Malcolm and Sasha? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the, yeah. True, the true heroes, after all. Exactly. We'd be, no- we'd be nothing without them. Without the listeners, are all the way, all around the world, from Burkina Faso to Lithuania to Cambodia to. Uh, another smaller African country that we somehow trend in when I check Chartable. The, you know, all numbers are fake, so uh, who cares? It's all... It's, you know, if you're listening, you're listening, and that's all that matters. What I do love, though, is the chaos is back. I can already feel the chaos coming in, which, as you, dear listener, may have noticed, the chaos, the chaos has been very restrained uh, without Malcolm, and now uh, we're doing we're doing something that I knew would cause some chaos, which is, you know, we did we did this about two years ago now, Malcolm. It was about two years ago since we covered Dragon Ball. Uh, we were going to cover the Frieza saga at one point. You ended up bailing on it. Uh, and also, I think I even agreed with you that, like, it would have taken us seven weeks. It probably wasn't going to be worth it for just one major moment. Yeah. But now, 80 episodes later, two years later, we are finally fucking doing it. And even better, it's a movie focused on your favorite character, Malcolm Piccolo. I fucking, I, was, I knew, I was like, God damn it. I kept seeing that fucker's head and I was like, God damn it. <laughs> like, um, oh, but, but before sucks. I forget, he sucks so hard. <laughs> I don't know, man. I was hoping you would, you know, you know, let's not spoil no, the no, That's also my first reaction. We can, like, as we talk about. You know the movie. Maybe my opinions have changed, but uh, you know, every time I I did see him at the beginning of the movie, I was like, God damn it! They didn't kill him off like I hoped they did. <laughs> well, the great thing about Dragon Ball is every character has died at least a couple times. So Piccolo has died before he's died. Uh, you know, when we were watching the Saiyan Saga, he did die. He ended up getting resurrected, and then you know, and that was yeah, a great mistake. <laughs> this this is a universe with zero consequences. Whatever happens can be wished away by a magical dragon, and you can get a butt lift, as this movie uh, uh, proved. Oh yeah. <laughs> Again, all right, so let's get into some context. First of all, Sasha, uh, you edited our Dragon Ball episodes, but you were not present. So what is your experience with Dragon Ball? Uh, I know you've been watching One Piece, so you have watched your share of Shonen. So what are your, like, you know, just give me the quick summary of how you view Dragon Ball as a as an iconic anime or or maybe not iconic to yourself. I have no idea. Well, I mean, it's purely nostalgic from my perspective, because when I was a kid, I watched all of Dragon Ball and all of Dragon Ball Z, and it was uh, pretty formative because it was one of the first animes that I watched, and uh, it was a good entry point into a lot of other properties that since have become some of my favorites. So it was interesting to to watch this and to see how much the series has changed, and um uh, yeah, but it hasn't been something that I have been actively watching for, I would say, about 20 years. Okay, okay, so I have watched, uh, let's just write, get right into the history of this. So basically, context, Malcolm, 
the original series of Dragon Ball Z. It ends in 1996. It ends in 2003 for North American audiences. Then there were a bunch of video games that kept the franchise alive, of course. Then in 2009, the terrible live-action movie Dragon Ball Evolution gets released. It is so terrible that Dragon Ball creator Akira Toriyama decided to make a new Dragon Ball thing, so that would not be the last thing uh, that ever existed for the Dragon Ball series. So, 2013, Dragon Ball Z Battle of the Gods comes out. It is the revival of Dragon Ball as a franchise. Uh, we technically covered it on the podcast, but I lost the recording. So, uh, tra- tragic loss on my part. Uh, you can just imagine how funny that episode would have been if you listened to it. Wait, anyway, which, what are you talking about? What are you talking oh, about? Oh, the one I did with Lizzie, and I, I saved over the wrong file. So, it never oh, got Oh, yeah, the, the infamous lost episode. The lost ep- There's two lost episodes. One that was lost because it was legit bad and we didn't want to air it. And then another one that was legit good and I just fucked up. Uh, so you know, loss, <laughs> loss is on both ends. Anyways, uh, the series is resurrected in 2013. There's another movie called Dragon Ball Z Resurrection F. It is then followed by a brand new Dragon Ball anime series called Dragon Ball Super, which runs for 130 episodes and ends in 2018. It is then followed by a movie called Dragon Ball Super Broly. And then finally, last year in 2022, another movie came out Dragon Ball Super superhero there we go that's the quick history segment of this iconic franchise so dragon ball is back uh the fans are still eagerly awaiting a new long-form anime series but for now it's just been movies so okay so they didn't do another show like this wasn't like the start like kickstarting a new like tv show yeah dragon ball super was the new series and it it ran for like 136 episodes but yeah there has not been a long form running dragon ball series also i sorry i want to say i also felt like i was going crazy when i just saw the name of the this movie which was dragon ball super superhero Uh, i was like that's too many supers in one title um because i I, like when i like because like when i was like looking it up uh to watch it online illegally uh, but, uh i um yeah i looked it up i was like dragon ball superhero and then i was like wait it keeps like going to super superhero and i was like is this a translation issue but no it's like yeah. dragon ball super is like the revival series and in this one it's like a movie kind of of that revival is that what i'm getting yeah, again, the previous super movie was called Dragon Ball Super colon Broly, which makes slightly more sense. Yeah, yeah. That, that, it does. But I mean, I, I I don't hate the title. It's like, you know, like, listen, we had a whole franchise in like North America where there's like, you know, rise of the planet of the apes, <laughs> you know, like it was just That's too many of those. Um, and I thought they were going to be bad movies, but they're actually pretty good. We, you, you, you've brought the tangents, Malcolm. Thank you for bringing the tangents. Yeah, back. well, this is what I brought. This is what I bring to the pod. This is what I bring to any podcast is chaos. There's a, there, there's a reason why the episodes without you have been averaging under an hour, and it's because of this shit. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyways, uh, let's just get right the fuck into it. So, Malcolm. Uh, you of course had missed a lot of Dragon Ball. You, you ended it off at the Saiyan arc. And in the context of this series, about 20 or so years have passed. This movie uh, does not focus on Goku or Vegeta, which is why I like it a lot. Uh, It focuses on Piccolo and Gohan. And uh, just to jog your memory, Malcolm, I remember during our Dragon Ball podcast, you had stated that 
you were interested in seeing where Gohan was going to go. And uh, how how would you like? First of all, how, what do you think of Gohan? Your your early thoughts on adult Gohan? I mean, he's like his dad. <laughs> he's exactly like is he, and his is real he? dad. His real oh, okay. well, he, his real dad. Uh, <laughs> not That's... yeah. I mean, I, I have to. I think I have to say that. I feel like I know. There's the the. Uh, is it not the? It's like the meme is that it's like Piccolo is Gohan's real daddy, right? Uh, as, yeah. as Guardians of the Galaxy said, uh, he may be your father, but he's not your daddy. So I think, you know, Piccolo's the daddy. Go, Goku is the father. If uh, Piccolo, yeah, exactly. Um, so we open immediately with a ton of exposition that, uh, you know, Malcolm, I'm curious to see how much you got of. Uh, we open on Kid Goku kicking the Red Ribbon Army's ass. And then there's some narration explaining the Red Ribbon Army and the Cell Saga arcs. We learn that Commander Red's son Magenta carried on the Red Ribbon Army and turned them into Red Pharmaceuticals. And then Magenta also discovered that Dr. Jiro had a grandson named Dr. Hito. Hito, which means vomit. Uh, Malcolm, did any of that shit make sense to you? No, but I was like, okay, this is just a lot of like... I felt like it was... It didn't really make any sense because I don't follow this anime. And I also don't have a child, like, as we established in, like, previous episodes about Dragon Ball, I have no nostalgia for this because I never watched this as a kid. Like, I remember it being kind of around, like, it was sort of around on the playgrounds and stuff, but, like, I never personally watched any of this. So, like, going in, I'm kind of going, like, all right, so there's some world building. There's things that, like, it's kind of a catch-up. I kind of appreciate it. I was like, all right, at least they, like, are almost giving me a little bit of a recap before going into them. Yeah, it, it's for the rare person like you who has not watched any Dragon Ball and they're just like, screw it, I'm just going to come to this movie. Yeah, it's, you know what it is? It's um, it's like when you, if you bring your girlfriend to the movie theater and she's never watched anything, but you've watched everything and it's trying to like, you know, help, you know, help her get into this. I'm the girlfriend in this situation. <laughs> Yeah. Oh what about you, Sasha? What did you think about that? Uh, I mean, I'm just cynical when it comes to any anime just giving people uh, the context of what came before it. More, mostly in long-form kind of settings, like in the runtime of any TV series uh, of an anime, where it's like, I think they should just reward people for remembering and having that stuff in their memory. Um but I mean, like, it was nostalgic, and it did take me back to uh, the superior of all the uh, the Dragon Ball series, which is the original Dragon Ball, um, before things went off the rail with Dragon Ball Z. Um, but, I mean, it, it was interesting, because, like, the Red Ribbon Army is such a, like, central part of the first Dragon Ball uh, when it came out. And I was initially excited to see them reintroduced, but they made it out to be like, oh, yeah, so we're... This guy is operating the army, but it's a front. Um, uh, the front operation is the pharmaceuticals. But they didn't change, like, the logo of the <laughs> army. So in what world is people, like, giving their money to this pharmaceutical company being like, yeah, they're not up to anything nefarious. They weren't, like, you know, committing acts of terrorism about 20 years ago. <laughs> It'd be like if you, like, uh, repurpose, like, the hammer and sickle, and it was like, Oh, yeah, this isn't the Communist Party. We sell uh, donuts. And everyone's just like, yeah, that, that seems legit. Let's just, let's just give them all our money. 
Yeah, but they have good donuts. <laughs> oh yeah, mm. tastes yeah. like uh, collective. <laughs> also, for what is it just me? Uh, but I kind of felt like the uh, like red ribbon, everything, like like the way their like logos were in this movie reminded me a lot of like Team Rocket. Like I don't know why I was getting a lot of Team Rocket vibes. Um, yeah, it, it looks kind of similar. They both got R's. Uh, yeah, the red and ribbon. It's, like, R's. it's the red and the white, and then the R's. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I guess maybe Pokemon, if anything, uh, took ex- in- inspiration from that because the Red Ribbon Army arc, uh, the initial one, it came out in like the mid '80s, and then yeah. uh, the subsequent revival of them, uh, which led into the Android arc, which is part of Dragon Ball Z. Um, that's a uh, yeah, like '90s or whatever. Anyways, uh, yeah, so- it's official. Akira Toriyama, go after Pokemon. You deserve a piece of that pie. Uh- <laughs> So anyways, um, again, because movies have to be nostalgia porn, you know, this goes especially for Marvel and everything. Everything is a reference to everything because, yeah, the head of the Red Ribbon Army, he had a son named Magenta and the the lead scientist had a grandson named Dr. Hito. And so, of course, they all have to clash and come together. And so uh, Magenta discovers this grandson. His assistant, Carmine, informs Magenta about Hito's backstory. We see in a family tree that Dr. Giraud's wife, was the model for Android 21 who is in the Dragon Ball Fighters video game. So they're they're just throwing a ton of references out there for the nerd like me because I'm just like, oh shit, that all connects. Um, it's all canon, folks. Um, Hito, he is serving a prison term for making zombie robots that robbed a convenience store. Magenta ends up meeting up with Hito after he escapes his prison. And he bribes Hito with junk food and also $1 billion per android he makes. And Hito really just wants to create superheroes. He he doesn't particularly care about the Red Ribbon Army's plans. He just wants to make, you know, fun characters. And I do feel that Hito is a bit of a stand-in for Akira Toriyama. He's the guy who's like, yeah, I just want to, you know, do my silly movie, make my wacky characters. And then Magenta is like the guy being like, no, you have to give us the fan service villain <laughs> Uh, that everyone wants to see again. <laughs> it's interesting that it's uh, such a cynical sort of uh, critique of the people that are funding him to do it. And it's like, fuck, they like roll him out every couple of years and like, just do another fucking movie. And he's like, but I want to. Nope. No, you can't do it. Can't do Dragon Quest. Can't do another Chrono property. Got to do oh, Dragon okay. Ball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, you know, yeah, you got to give us the cash, Piggy. That's what they say. That's what his handlers are saying. I will want to say, Sasha, I think now's a good time to talk about this. Uh, This movie is quite funny, at least in my opinion. And it does feel closer to the OG Dragon Ball style than, say, Z was. Which, you know, Malcolm, again, you covered Z. Z Z had a couple laughs, but it was definitely the the action portion of that series, you know? Definitely. Uh, Which is like, I mean, that's my major gripe with this movie is that it sets up that it's going to be either on a smaller scale or it's going to be a lot slower. Like the pace at the beginning is just a snail, just like crawling along as they're like explaining like the backstory. And there's like not really any major inciting incident until about two thirds of the way through this movie. So in my mind, when I was watching that early part, I was like, oh shit, are they going back to their roots? Are they going to make it an episodic kind of fun, uh, romp where they are traveling from place to place um maybe having adventures but no it all just evolved into uh uh strong men fighting each other and punching each other um 
And that was in some ways disappointing because it really felt like Malcolm was saying that they were setting up something with uh, with this movie where it's like, oh, okay, so we're going back to, you know, the original foe of the whole series. Um, but that was of no consequence because, uh, as we find out later, uh, everything just gets blown up. <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, so uh, what is it? Magenta's whole deal to convince Hito is that the true evil is Bulma and Capsule Corp. I like how they kind of like reverse, you know, they're just like, hey, this woman does pal around with a bunch of aliens. Isn't that fucking weird? Mm-hmm. They're uh, also like portraying it like it's secret knowledge of, yeah, we've had reports that magical flying aliens have been uh, emerging from Capsule Corp. As if like, you know, in this universe, they have smartphones and like video calling. I would imagine they have social media. And I feel like, any of these people would be known internationally, but they're treating it like we have it under uh, strict authority that this has been going on. It's like, what about all the shit that's been happening over the last like <laughs> years? Like we've been seeing like huge explosions and aliens fighting in the sky this whole time. And they're like, oh, but this, this is, this is privileged. Like no one else knows that this is going on. And Hito's like, oh, I can't believe that this has been happening. It's like fucking you're in prison, but you it's... had like TV, I'm sure. It's it's also the nature of this series. The the events of this series were written during the '90s, so of course social media like wasn't a thing, and so characters could just be like, "Oh yeah, we were moving so fast, you couldn't see any of the shit." Um, Fair, but at oh, the same time, absolutely. But yeah, there you go. Yeah, they do keep the inconsistency of like you know, Dragon Ball movies made in the 2000s. Everyone had flip phones. Dragon Ball movie made in 2022. So has apparently has people have iPhones with video calling. So I feel like. It's kind of the Simpsons thing of whatever time period they're making episodes in or movies in is going to reflect kind of what's happening IRL. So, like, I don't know. I don't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's definitely the Simpsons thing, Sasha. You just kind of you kind of have to roll with it. But sure. Uh, you got to accept it. Uh, Never. Accept, you can't make me. Accept it. <laughs> no. Any <laughs> force choke? Okay. Anyways, uh, Magenta, Magenta. In this sequence, he also pretty much just summarizes the Android Saga, which uh, is my favorite saga in Dragon Ball Z, the Cell Saga, which uh, ends with Gohan finally getting to to take center stage. And it had seemed in the series that Gohan would become the lead character after this saga ended. And then about a third into the following saga, Toriyama decided, never mind, I want Goku to be the lead again. Yep. Uh, which is, again, this is what the whole movie is about. This movie is basically about getting Gohan back up to snuff. And uh, hopefully in the next subsequent series or movie, uh, he won't just lose again. But that is the purpose of this movie, which is getting these two characters, Piccolo and Gohan, which... They haven't really had a chance to shine. Even in those 130 episodes of Dragon Ball Super, they didn't really get as much as they could have done. It was definitely the Goku and Vegeta show. But now this movie promises uh, that they will will be at a new level. Anyways, we finally cut to Gohan's daughter, Pan, and she is training with Piccolo. Uh, Malcolm, what do you think of, of granddaddy Piccolo? I mean... He's fucking three-year-old. Yeah, he's fucking. He, he's feeding a child. Uh, and like, is he? Is he really a granddaddy? Is he really? You know, I don't know. He's just, well, he's the I one who's he's like, like he's ever. I guess he is, is that. Um, 
was it Gohan Sun? No, oh, if he's Go, Gohan, if, so it's Goku, and then Goku had Gohan. Yeah, and then Gohan had this Pan. kid. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Wait, did you say her her name was Han? Pan. Pan. Oh, Pan. I for, oh, sorry. Initially, I thought I heard Ham, and I was like, "That's crazy." <laughs> Uh, no, 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 fuck no. Because I was like, I never heard that in the movie while I was reading the subtitles. Um, because I was watching the su- the sub yeah. version, obviously. Legally. Legally. <laughs> I legally did it. You can't uh, prove otherwise. Yeah, it's, yeah, you can't. I didn't say it earlier. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I can't, I don't like Piccolo. <laughs> like, I wasn't. Like his introduction to this movie doesn't ingratiate me to liking Piccolo in that moment. I'm just sort of like typical Piccolo being a piece of shit, <laughs> uh, even though he's kind of again. At, you know what it is? I was just thinking this right now. It's that he, he at, in the opening kind of sequence, like it's like he's Arnold Schwarzenegger in Kindergarten Cop. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know and maybe i maybe that's just ingratiating me a little bit more but uh yeah there's a little bit of it like the initially my 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 first impression is i gotta hate this guy but as i said <laughs> he grows on me in the movie the thing with piccolo at the beginning is that sure he's beating up a three-year-old let's put that <laughs> aside for one second um I don't know. It just made me hate Goku's family even more because (laughs) it's like several generations of Goku either beating up Piccolo or dumping their children on him so that he has to raise them. And then he's doing it to his grandchild, uh, to Goku's grandchild. Um, But then he's got fucking Videl and Gohan like having him run errands. And it's like, this is a dude who's trying to live his own life and they're not respecting his personal boundaries and just being like oh yeah pick my kid up from daycare a kid who also earlier in the film ran to daycare so it's like why do they need him (laughs) for this plot point um when all of them are super powered and could run like as fast as the flash um but yeah then my my feelings for piccolo started to turn later when he concocts a steamed hams-esque uh uh caper to try and lure <laughs> gohan into finding his true potential it's true i i i appreciate the steamed hams reference i love it um so yeah pan's whole thing is uh she really wants to learn how to fly but she can't i wonder if that will get paid off at the end of the movie <laughs> anyways uh also she is only three so like you know you're only three maybe you can fly when you're five or something but nah, she really wants to fly anyways uh pan she asked piccolo if her dad could become even stronger than her grandpa and she says she's never even seen her dad fight again them just bringing up the fact that gohan has become a lazy shit um so yeah piccolo being the good dad he is he can hear his phone from blocks away while meditating and he, he also has a kitty cat phone with a kitty cat ringtone and Gohan's wife, yep, like Sasha said, she calls him and asks him to pick up a pan from preschool, and she offers him food, but Piccolo has to once again remind her that he only drinks water. Because again, they've known this man for years and years, and yet they still think he fucking eats food. Yeah, they have no respect for him. They're just taking advantage of his generosity. Um, 
Like, is he just, like, running errands for them all the time? They're like, oh, yeah, this man who is formerly known as the Demon King. Yeah, he can, he's not doing anything. He can go pick up groceries. Like, oh, want to <laughs> stop by Pinkberry on the way home, Piccolo? I haven't had one of their uh, frozen yogurts in forever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But she offers him a cat plushie, which we see in his home. He has, like, a dozen of them. <laughs> He also has and, all those, like, in the background of, I think it's his home, all the, uh, is it is it his home or uh, Gohan's home of all the butterflies? I think that's Gohan's home with the, the butterflies. Because, yeah, Gohan's whole thing is, Gohan is a scholar, although we don't really know what he studies. He he seems to study bugs sometimes, but it's, his profession, his profession <laughs> he's is not, really. He, he's a scholar who studies bugs. <laughs> I mean, yeah. entomologist is the term. Um, no, but... I know, but I, <laughs> they're just like a, yeah, I just, I don't know. I just like that. You think I'm a bug guy. He loves bugs. He loves bugs. Uh, anyways, yeah, Piccolo, he visits Gohan, who is, who is so done with training that he can't even sense Piccolo. And Piccolo gets mad at him for being so into research that he doesn't even pick up his own daughter. Again, uh, Gohan being the neglectful father that his own father was, but, you know, uh, Goku. Like father, <laughs> like son. Yeah, Goku. Goku is just fucked off to some other planet for three months, they reveal later. Like, <laughs> why is this guy being lauded as such a great dad when, like, he barely takes care of his children, he dumps them on some strange alien, uh, he just impregnates his wife from time to time and then fucks off when, he's, when he dies? Um, <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like, just I'm like... Dying. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, he's the greatest. He's the best person in this whole, in this whole story. Yeah, he Fuck tamed- Goku. <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah i just i just remember from this the show we watched where it was like half of the the, the episodes we watched with her was uh goku just kind of running like down that like that uh like i don't know almost that rainbow S- road S- snake snake path. way yeah yeah snake way snake way um yeah he because he gotta do stuff like that he's like i gotta go run uh several iron mans right now mm-hmm. uh, it's- Hey, babe, I got to go. Take care of the kids. Oh, you can't take care of the kids? I'm going to leave it to the fucking demon king. (laughs) Exactly. This fucking nerd's going to do it. And he's going to eat my fucking yogurt afterwards. Um. (laughs) It's, 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 you know, waiting for Superman or waiting for Captain Marvel in like any any series where like you have the character who is deemed the... Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, waiting for Godot waiting in for... the Dragon Ball universe would be amazing. <laughs> but that's the thing. Where's it's Goku? Like... He said he was going to be here. He'll be here. This, <laughs> this series is infamous for the ways it has to bend over backwards uh, to create problems for characters to not appear. And they, so they can just, you know, end the end the movie or the arc right away. Uh, anyways, um, what is it? Yeah, we also see Piccolo in the family wedding photo, and Gohan's mom is not present, but my theory is that I guess she was the one who took the photo. Um, but yeah, nice family yeah, photo. That's a, yeah, that's what they're like, hey, babe, uh, wedding, uh, hey, yeah, you're my wife, uh, take the fucking photo now. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I gotta um, look good. <laughs> Gohan's Poor wife Gigi. is in the photo. Gohan's wife is in the photo. It's his mom who isn't. Instead, it's his Oh, his mom. Yeah, no, sorry. Hey, mom. Hey, mama. Uh, take the photo. <laughs> um, we don't... Um, anyways, Piccolo, he then gets attacked by a superhero-themed android named Gamma 2, and, and Gamma 2 is so th- superhero-themed that when he punches Piccolo, uh, uh, like a comic book-style uh, lettering pops out, and even Piccolo comments on it. He's like, what the fuck? Where did that come from? Hmm. Well, they were doing Did you that in- earlier in the movie, too. I think when 
uh, Magenta was like spilling his tea, you could see like little sort of Batman splashes of like kapow, kaboom, which I think is just present in the 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 manga that um, Toriyama drew. Like anytime someone would like activate a capsule, you would see like a puff and then just like a kaboom effect, which I was like, oh okay, so it's like going back to that more cartoony style. Like I can get behind this. Yeah. Um, sadly, that's only present for this fight. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a fun fight. Uh, l- let's talk now the 3D. Did the 3D work for you guys? Because that was the other new thing. This is the first uh, Dragon Ball product that wasn't like a video game to be done in this 3D style. I think it was great. I think the animation style was really, uh, really beautiful. I like the move that a lot of, not just um, uh, uh, anime, but also like Western animation is going towards like... <laughs> You look at Into the Spider-Verse or Puss in Boots, they are going for bold colors and like sometimes some like uh, comic book effects that we see in this, but also like what's called animating uh, on twos and threes. So in normal animation, you animate every one of the 24 frames um, of character animation. But in these movies, I've noticed there's a move towards uh leaving some frames out of the animation so it gives it kind of a choppy feel which i don't think people would have been super keen on back in the day but the way that they're doing it now looks just looks very good um yeah i thought it was a visually stunning movie it was really nice yeah it it was a big controversy when it was like first announced and i do think the um the goku and vegeta segment is probably the worst looking of it um, maybe it was just done by the B team or something, but it just looks a bit off compared to the rest of the movie. But otherwise, you know, I wasn't taken out of it. Uh, the buddy I saw it with, he was less enthused, but again, you know, he, he likes the hand-drawn style. So, you know, I like this style. I, I will say like, yeah, I think there's a nostalgia to like the nineties sort of like almost grittier hand-drawn style, but I think this like is very modern and it's sleek and it's sort of like a good, like way forward. Cause like it, I I don't know. There's a couple of the action sequences, like the one on the train, like where they like that train, that like really benefited from this ad, this animation style. Like if it was like the old animation style, it wouldn't have been like half as good. For sure, and the way they can like rotate the camera and stuff, it looks really good at uh, with that. Yeah, it becomes more cinematic rather than just sort of like we're like going like frame, like we're basically copying panels from the manga and then going in and trying to like you know animate that. It's like, oh, no, no, this is a movie. This is, yeah, this is a movie. For sure. Anyways, uh, Piccolo and Gamma 2, they duke it out. Gamma thinks he's killed Piccolo. So Piccolo then takes a red ribbon army officer's uniform and he infiltrates them and he learns of their plans to create a new cell. Uh, Sasha, is this where you started to groan when you realized that they were bringing back cell? Yeah, um, it was one of the many groans and then uh by the end of the movie i was like oh no uh, <laughs> i've spent a lot of time watching this and it is very unearned and unpaid off um but yeah like malcolm there's there is a character like from the uh, dragon ball z who is like has a huge impact on the story and is like given a whole arc to sort of flesh out his sort of motivation and uh who's named cell and for me, I was like, okay, so this was leading me into the thought of like, 
they wouldn't possibly introduce this as a component to the movie 40 minutes into the runtime and expect it to pay off. Like, this is going to be like a multi-movie thing. Um, and I was dumb and naive for thinking that for even a split moment because uh, when I was uh, on Wikipedia trying to see if there was a follow-up to this movie, there was not. So that's when I really saddled in and was just like, all right, let's see how this shakes down. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, there could be a sequel to this movie, obviously. Uh, oh, but there, I know it's was... new. Like, I saw that, like, this movie came out in June of last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we don't even know if there's, like, a new anime series coming up. It sounds like my hope is, at least as a Dragon Ball fan who will continue to watch all, all Dragon Ball products, uh, I would hope that they finally come out with a new anime and then maybe do the movies in this style so they can have, you know, the 2D guys do the anime and then the you know, the 3D guys get the movie budget. Uh, We'll see. There's also the Dragon Ball Super manga that is running that covers material that has not been animated and we don't know if it will be animated or they will just move on. It is very confusing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But such is life. Uh, It's introduced new forms. Frieza got yet another new fucking form. It's called Black Frieza uh, because they, you know, uh, Cell gets the one movie. Frieza gets uh, a lot more. Anyways, um piccolo he tells bulma about this whole plan and he's like hey listen let's get goku and vegeta's help but unfortunately they're too busy training with the god of destruction and broly so malcolm this god of destruction this uh uh anubis cat guy beerus he was the uh the centerpiece of dragon ball's uh return he was the main character of dragon ball z battle of the gods he ushered in new stories because it, it was shown that you know Goku would have to uh, achieve even greater heights because this guy is a god of destruction. And even still in the series, he has not yet achieved the strength of a god of destruction. But uh, this god of destruction doesn't really care about fighting. He mostly just likes to sleep and eat. <laughs> That's classic Dragon Ball where they're like, yeah, this guy has a lot of powers and he's going to fuck off right now. <laughs> uh, I mean, actually. you know, he is a god. So, I mean, I guess he has better shit to do. Like, you know, eat ice cream. Yeah, that's what gods do. They're like, oh, I gotta eat. <laughs> um, anyways, um, Vegeta, who, who also Malcolm, again, you had not, you know, seen any of Dragon Ball after, after you know, the Saiyan saga. So back then, Vegeta was evil. What do you, did you even like pick up on, oh yeah, this Vegeta guy is good now? No, well, <laughs> it, initially no. Uh, because again, I when I see Vegeta, I'm like, this Vegeta's a bad guy because I remember that as being like yeah. a thing, like talking to Private Citizen Dom that, like, you know, Vegeta's bad. You know, Vegeta's bad. He's evil. Um, but yeah, I, I was kind of surprised. I was surprised when it was like, oh, this Vegeta is good now. Like, I, I feel like there was like a redemption arc that I wasn't he, privy to. Yeah, if we covered the Frieza saga, you would have seen it. But yeah, he got, he got redeemed pretty quickly. Um, there was a period where he was like an anti-hero. And then by the end of Dragon Ball Z, he's just a full-blown good guy. And in fact, uh, many would argue Vegeta is actually a better father than Goku. Uh, yeah. Even though, even though Vegeta is also pretty abusive to his son until his son is like 10 and he finally is nice to him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, this also- in, this one, it feels like it's like if you're single uh, age, uh, like digit for age... Uh, you're uh, expect the adults in your life to beat the hell out of you, <laughs> but when you turn ten, <laughs> also interesting uh, thing. You're thing an adult. Uh, 
both Vegeta and Goku have children in the series. Goku has two kids, um, but Goku also grew up on Earth, so he's much more of like a human Earthling than Vegeta is. And one of the things that actually kind of like seems stupid and bugs me about the series that they made after Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super, is that they establish after Goku has had two children that he doesn't know what kissing is. Oh fuck! Because yeah. <laughs> at he, one point he like, went someone... full penetration uh, and nothing else. He, it like... was glory. Yeah, he, they were the, his kids were conceived glory hole style. <laughs> it's like how the Amish do it with a sheet and a hole cut out of it. Yeah, um, yeah, but like there's a They're like no, 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 a... we're not, we're not Ku Klux Klan. We're not Ku Klux Klan. We're having sex to procreate. Uh, that's the Amish. <laughs> but, uh. but Vegeta, like at like Goku sees someone giving CPR, like mouth to mouth, and he's like. Ew, that's disgusting. Why would you touch mouths? And Vegeta, who is more of an alien than him, is like, that's that's essentially kissing. And Goku goes, what's that? And he's like, how the fuck did you have two children and not kiss your wife? And he's like, I don't know. And it's never explained. It's yeah, never explained. She kissed him on the it's... dick, he was like, never again on the lips. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. He's like, I... he's like DJ Khaled. <laughs> Well, not like DJ Khaled, because maybe the only lips he's kissing. Anyway. Whoa! Whoa! Yeah, I, I enjoy Dragon Ball Super, but there's definitely numerous <laughs> numerous things where Goku is just the biggest fucking idiot in that. Yeah. The, yeah. Um, anyways, uh, yeah. Also, also, it should be noted, Malcolm, that uh, Vegeta is the husband of Bulma, because that's also a thing that happens. Vegeta's the one who gets to marry Bulma in the series. Oh, no? Bulma's the blue-haired lady. Yeah, the blue-haired lady. He He's the one. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you know, he he became good and stuff. Although, like, you know, she she had sex with him before he was even like fully good because that's just Bulma. <laughs> she likes the bad and boys before marriage. And before <laughs> He's marriage. going to hell. <laughs> yes. Well, Vegeta's def Vegeta did go to hell in the series, actually. Oh yeah, he, he well, did go to hell. Know. Well, he, well, like you know, he he has killed a lot of people. He was like, you know. He was a genocidal mercenary. He was a bad man. It was after he sacrificed himself for his son that he was allowed to go to heaven that second time. Anyways. Oh, yeah. Vigi yeah, Vegeta, bad man. As, as with any... <laughs> now good man. Any He's now good man. <laughs> exactly. As with any Dragon Ball character, Vegeta has died multiple times. That's just a thing. That's just a thing. If you die... If you live in the Dragon Ball universe, you have had to have at least died once because the Earth was destroyed at one point. So yeah, but that. you have zero knowledge apparently of any of this going on. You've died and been resurrected several times, but they're like, we've got reports of flying people, and they're like, what, what, what? Anyways, uh, so anyways, uh, Beerus. Meanwhile, he falls for this uh green chick named Chilai who was in the previous movie, um, and then uh his assistant Weiss makes a comment where he's like, I never expected Beerus' taste to be so traditional, which. You know, that's Weiss being sad that the uh, Beerus Weiss ship didn't happen. You oh, know, is that no. in the in the Tumblr sort of discourse about uh, Dragon Ball these days? I mean, you know, they're they're just you know two best bros who live together for all of eternity. So you know, yeah, they gotta fuck. <laughs> that's Anyways, the next logical progression. Fuck, yeah, they fuck, no kissing. Anyways, uh, Whis then declares a sparring, uh, sparring match, and then we get a prime shot of Bulma's booty as she looks for Whis's communicator. And then Beerus ends up just tossing an ice cream container on the communicator so Goku and the rest can't help and end the movie earlier. Classic hijinks. 
classic hijinks, you know, listen, at least the show, at least the movie like knows the logic is stupid. So they're just like, yeah, let's just get this out of the way. You know, they're, they're not going to help out. We've got other things to do. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Piccolo, he then goes to Dende to get his potential awakened. This is a reference to something that happens in the Frieza saga. But unfortunately, Dende isn't old enough to awaken Piccolo's potential, which, you know, sure. Dende then brings up the idea of using the Dragon Balls to wipe the Red Ribbon Army out. <laughs> he says, I know, I know, Piccolo, your pride won't let you do that. So at least they're bringing up the options. They're just like, you know, we could do this, but, uh, you know, we want there to be a movie, so we can't do it. I'm so angry right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, all of that goes down, and then, like, this movie has so many, like, callbacks that just feel... It don't. It doesn't feel like. Oh man, that makes me nostalgic for you know when Dende uh, or like when the the big Namekian like unlocked people's potential. They're like, yeah, why hasn't that been available this whole time? Oh, he's not old enough. Okay, well, why didn't they bring this up like twenty years ago when Dende was put in this position? It's like a lot of people just going, oh yeah, this is an option, and then it not going anywhere, and then they do the thing when Piccolo grows super tall later on, which is, for JoJo fans out there, the equivalent of Starfinger, um, where just, like, he had this ability for the entirety of Dragon Ball Z, and he just doesn't use it. And then it's only until Goku's like, hey, can't you grow really tall? And he was like, oh, fuck, yeah, that's right. But, again, he brings it up in this movie. He's like, well, it's actually a bluff. So, you know, at least it's, like there's a reason why he didn't do it in say the uh the saiyan saga because yeah malcolm and i made fun of this uh i had talked uh, at length about all of piccolo's amazing powers that he doesn't uh use consistently uh that's bullshit listen <laughs> P- piccolo is one of those characters like martian manhunter or the vision where he just has so many powers that you just kind of have to make him useless or incompetent so he can't just end end the story earlier um i think a lot of characters who are similar to that fall fall into it you know yeah yeah i mean look the the vision died uh and then he also came back uh the vision is the piccolo of uh the mcu no (laughs) no no i know um i'm a big martian manhunter fan but dc hasn't gotten around to to doing him justice yet anyways um Uh, what they they gotta go back to the well they're like okay um, well, can we find Val Kilmer's voice? Can he? Can we bring him back? <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, what Dende can do is upgrade the dra- dragon Shenron to make Piccolo stronger. And Bulma also has the Dragon Balls again, so he's in luck. Yeah, also, Piccolo- what the fuck was that? He's like, oh, but we can upgrade him, which is something that they could have probably done throughout the series. But he's like, oh, no, I just got to pour water on this statue. And it's like, really? That's it? There's no explanation of, like, what that is. He's like, I gotta upgrade him, and then he does. And it's like, could they have done this during the Boo saga? Could they have done this during the Cell saga? Or is this just him, like, you know, sitting on his ass eating potato chips until someone's like, can we do anything about it? And he's like, I guess. Also, also, could this have been done for, like, any other character? Can this happen to Krillin? Can this happen exactly. to any of the humans? <laughs> what the fuck can is we going do- on, Dende? He's supposed to be the guy who's in charge of this shit. He's like me when I was working in visual effects. It's like, you're going to do your work? I guess. Eventually. <laughs> Anyways, uh, 
Yeah, uh, Piccolo, he does get the dragon to upgrade him, and the dragon is like, oh, I also gave you a little bonus. And he even drops a mirror for Piccolo, so so Piccolo can see his, his new strength, which is cute. And then Bulma, she wishes to make her butt tighter and her eyelashes two millimeters longer. And then right as the dragon leaves, they realize they could have wished for Vegeta and Goku to come back to Earth. <laughs> Again, for me, I'm like all in on that. I'm just like, fuck it. You know, you get it. You're trying to tell a story. And this this show, this series has so many extra powers and extra rules that, of course, you know, any conflict can be ended anyway, uh, shape or form. So. For me, the fact that they're even referencing it, I'm just like, that's enough. I get it. I get that this is a movie and and the movie has to be a normal fucking movie. <laughs> what's next, Jack? <laughs> okay, what's next? Uh, Magenta, he, uh, two of his men to kidnap Pan. And then luckily, Piccolo is one of those men. Pan beats up the non-Piccolo guard who's like Arnold Schwarzenegger. And they instantly recognize Piccolo. She instantly recognizes Piccolo. And he tells the kindergarten teacher, uh, this is all part of her training. That's the thing. Pan's kindergarten teacher is on like a first name basis with Piccolo as well. Yeah, this is where the steamed hambedness really comes into this movie where Piccolo uh, is being taken advantage of by Gohan and his family. But he really wants him to be stronger. And then he looks at this situation. He's like, ah, but if I kidnap his child... And then I put her in distress, then he'll become stronger. And that's never addressed later on. It's like, everyone's just kind of like, oh, sorry, Piccolo, I wasn't listening to you when I did. Uh, not not the reaction of uh, a normal parent, which would be, you kidnapped my fucking kid? What the fuck is wrong with you? He's just like, yeah, you're right. I've been studying too much. Like... <laughs> Yeah, I've been looking get, at bugs too long. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting lost in my bugs life. <laughs> um. <laughs> Anyways, um, there's there's also a fun reference where uh, Piccolo, he's like driving the uh, the whatever ship and he's like, I'm a bad driver, which is a reference to a famous filler episode where Goku and Piccolo take a driving test. Yeah, they sure do. They do? <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a filler episode. It's iconic. Why did we we should have covered that episode as just its own episode of this podcast because I could have talked a lot. <laughs> we could have uh, we could have done some fun Dragon Ball filler. Maybe maybe episode 150, who knows. Anyways, uh big guard, he threatens Gohan and Gohan flicks his uh gun away and turns Super Saiyan. Um Oh, I just found out I'm working this week. That's nice. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted. Oh, it's some... good to be back. It's good to be back. Yeah. Anyways, uh, uh, so Malcolm, here. Malcolm, you had famously not known what a Super Saiyan was, and you quickly find out. Uh, I guess you know. What do you think? It's a blonde guy. How is it? Yeah, he's Super Saiyan, uh, Super Aryan is how I would describe him. Uh, no, <laughs> but um, yeah, I guess that. So that is what a Super Saiyan is. Okay, that's yeah. That's All a right. Super Saiyan. And then we get even more because this is Dragon Ball now. And uh, are, <laughs> are Gamma 1 and 2, are they considered Super Saiyans? No, you have, to, you have to be a Saiyan to be a Super Saiyan. That's the whole thing. It's like an uh, ethnicity. It's like Armenians. Yeah. Super Armenian. Yeah. We, we here on Is This Anime uh, recognize and acknowledge the Armenian genocide. Never um, forget. Never forget. Uh, so, uh, but yes. Uh, 
this is this is what people paid to listen to. Uh, but uh, they don't. It's, a, it's free. You can get it on any uh, podcast streaming service. Um, Anyways, uh, Gohan. And he dukes it out with a one. And uh, Piccolo is happy that Gohan still has it. He even says, Gohan still got it. Uh, so yeah, we get the big fight. <laughs> We get we get the fight with Gamma One. Uh, Gamma One's like the serious one. Gamma Two is the funny one. Uh, anyways, uh, Gohan he turns Super Saiyan against Gamma One, and he even takes his glasses off because Super Saiyan corrects his vision. And Piccolo notes that Gohan studies his opponents when fighting them because I guess you know that's that's Gohan's gimmick. He's a scholar, so he studies his opponent when fighting them. <laughs> no, all right. No, uh, no. <laughs> Piccolo he then threatens. Uh, Piccolo then pretends to threaten Pan to boost Gohan even further. And the uh, virtual landscape also changes to daytime, which I thought was cool. Gamma 2 and Piccolo also get their rematch. And Piccolo finally gets a small bonus, which is a brand new form that turns him orange and raises his antenna. Malcolm, what do you think of this new Piccolo form that is officially known in the canon as Orange Piccolo? I okay, so so it's called he's called Orange Piccolo because he's yes, yes. that's that, that's what it's he's called. It's just that's, that's, the, that's the official toy on the box name, Orange Piccolo. <laughs> Outstanding. That's oh, that's incredible. That's it's not like Super Piccolo or or Awakened Piccolo. <laughs> Or yeah. or or true Namekian Piccolo or or Shenron Piccolo or Dra- or you know Dragonborn Piccolo. He's it spray is- tan Piccolo, essentially. Jersey Shore Piccolo. Yeah, he, he does laundry. He goes to the GTL, gym. Yeah, <laughs> goes club him. Oh, that's yeah, that's amazing. That's hilarious. <laughs> you're, you're you're in on the title then. You're in on Orange Piccolo. You're in on the laziness of this title. I am. I'm absolutely. That's that's a that's a, a creative choice where they're just like, I don't got anything. We'll just call him Orange Piccolo. All right, let's move on. <laughs> like, uh, Sasha, I'm what sorry. do you think? So Sasha, what do you think of the new Piccolo form? Because again, Piccolo in the canon, Piccolo doesn't really get new forms. He's merged with other oh. Namekians, which gives him power boost, but he always looks the same. So you know, for the first time in in Dragon Ball canon, Piccolo gets like a brand new look. It's fine. Um, it's fine. I mean, my my issue is that, like, they choose to change characters without, like, properly developing them. And Shenron just is, like, it's historically, like, a bit of a curmudgeon where he's like, be specific. I won't grant certain things. I will do this, that, and the other. Uh, but I won't do that. He's like, uh, he's like the meatloaf of this, uh, of this universe. Um, but... For this one, he was like, ah, threw, a so- threw something a little extra in there. Like he's a mechanic or something. And then he just like does the, the Dragon Ball Z thing of like he he changes color and he becomes a little beefier. And I, I saw that and was like, fine. Yeah, that's fine. I get it. Like I know why they're doing this. But um, I mean, it, it's it's like one of what it, it goes back to like a lot of my problems with uh Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball Super as well to uh an extent of just like all the characters want they don't really desire anything important they just want to be more powerful and that's the motivation of like 
a selfish person or a supervillain. But when everyone is just like, I got to be the most powerful person in the universe, it's like, okay, well, it's just really a contest to see whose dick is bigger. And by the end, it's like, yeah, we got a chunkier Piccolo, and I guess he can do a little bit more, but I know where this is going, and it's going to result in Goku still being more powerful than everyone else, and uh, really whatever form people takes and take and however they develop, it's really of no consequence because he's going to be like, uh, what, what do they turn in these these new series? They turn blue. Um, like no, Super Saiyan Blue is already outdated. Uh, Goku's uh, new new form is called Ultra Instinct, which was a cool form because in theory anyone could get it, even a human could get Ultra Instinct. But of course they've limited it to just Goku uh, yeah, because nice Dragon Ball. Uh, Vegeta got a new form in the manga called Ultra Ego, but in typical Vegeta form, he didn't even get to have a win against the opponent he learned this form against. Uh, he ended up still getting his ass kicked, and then Frieza ended up uh, getting a brand new form instead, and uh, resolving the plot completely, which was pretty lame. Uh, the, the Dragon Ball Super manga, if, if you think even the movies are lame, or even the anime, the, the Dragon Ball Super manga is pretty fucking bad. <laughs> well i got um, something to look forward to yeah uh we'll see if they canonize it or what it's very fucking confusing anyways uh carmine he tries to shoot pan but gamma 2 steps in and declares that he knows who the real bad guys are and then piccolo tells gohan they can stop fighting too magenta then tries to activate cell max magenta uh pops his shirt off and reveals that he is also partly an android now but then in a bit of payoff hito tries to stop him and he kills magenta with his uh, little bee robot. But then in his death, Magenta activates Cell Max anyways. Mm -hmm. uh, Bulma, she then shows up with Krillin, Krillin's hot wife, Android 18, Goten and Trunks, uh, Trunks being the son of Bulma and Vegeta, and Goten being the forgotten son of uh, Goku. Go Goten, who is such a, a lame character at this point, I don't even think he has like his own move. <laughs> yeah. They show up for some reason because they're they like, show well, up. Time, time to pad out the numbers. Um, yeah, the guys, yeah. this movie doesn't have so much happening. <laughs> like, it has so much going on. And they're like, let's bring more people into this. It's, I mean, it's fan it service. Was the, it was the, this stage of the film that the fan service really started to weigh on me because they weren't present at the start of the movie. And it really felt like they just wanted more characters from the universe for this fight sequence, which would it like i was initially kind of excited because they were bringing back cell and in the history of the show like cell has been like the bane of the android's existence because he just absorbs uh 17 and 18 to become more powerful and cell emerges uh or cell max from the ground and 18's just kind of like all right like the person who is like probably traumatized her the most throughout the series returns and she has basically no reaction and i'm like oh this is just it just felt very shallow of like all right well we're not really going to give this too much credence because it could have been a very cool moment of you know realizing but instead it was like let's go punch the big man now and of course it doesn't help that this uh iteration of cell cell max does not speak so he's just a kaiju yeah, it sucks, because it's like, Cell was a really interesting character in the original series, where he had his own motivations, he was a thinking, like, feeling 
uh, living creature. And I was looking at the clock being like, okay, well, there's half an hour left in this film. They still haven't activated him. They haven't given him any kind of character. I really suspect that he's just going to be a guy that yells a lot. And that's what he ended up becoming. He was activated, and he wasn't a speaking character. He just went... And at that point, I'm like, this could have been anyone. It didn't matter that it was Cell. So it just felt like they were sticking the name on there because they're like, oh, wouldn't that be fun for the fans? Like, it could have been a giant Guy Fieri and it would have had the exact same impact for me. Of like, no, they've activated the giant Guy Fieri. It would have felt exactly the same and earned exactly the same amount. I, I cannot dispute that. Uh, again, I even, agree even, with that. That's a good, accurate assessment. Like like I said earlier, you know Toriyama did write the script for this movie. He doesn't write all the scripts, but Hito, you know, Doctor Hito is like the uh, the the author insert because he's like, no, I just want to you know make funny funny superhero characters, and you know you can clearly tell uh, they had fun with Gamma One and Two, who who are interesting characters in their own way. They're fun. One's serious, one's funny, um, but the movie has to step aside and be like, no, nah, we need we need the big fan service villain, even if it. Isn't even good fan service, really. No, it sucked. Anyways, uh, Piccolo, he gives Gohan a sensu bean, but because Gohan is no longer in Super Saiyan uh, form, he is nearsighted and he drops it. Everyone fights except for Krillin, who chooses the cushy job of protecting Pan. Gamma 1 then tells them that Hito gave Cell Max one weakness, which is the top of his head. Oh, and also Cell Max will blow up if he dies. So, you know, uh, they better get out of the way uh, when he dies. Uh, Goten and Trunks fuse, but they mess up the dance and become fat Gotenks. Uh, Malcolm, that's another thing uh, characters in Dragon Ball can do. They can fuse. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was th- like, what was happening there? Like, I was, I was like, the fusions, I was like, I didn't realize there was body horror in this <laughs> this franchise. Yeah, it's, it's funny because uh, for one thing, Goten and trunks have typically only been portrayed as children so there's even like a reference where it's like oh wow you guys grew up fast uh because they were like finally we can see their you know uh teenager forms but uh they don't give go tanks which is the fused form uh the luxury of a cool teenager design instead they uh they use the joke option which is just fat go tanks that's that's all yeah uh and go tanks does do some damage uh he he does some damage to Cell's head inadvertently there's like a bit of physical comedy uh krillin he then stuns cell with the solar flare and gamma 2 makes the sacrifice play of hitting cell in the head unfortunately gamma 2 is not piccolo or gohan so he can't kill him he only breaks his arm and damages the head further piccolo turns orange and giant to prevent uh gamma 2's already dead corpse from being crushed and yeah, this is where we get the uh, the the uh, question where Gohan's like, yeah, why don't you just turn giant? And he's like, well, you know, it it doesn't actually make me stronger. Anyways, it just looks pretty cool. It's it's a bluff. It's a bluff. Um, and to be fair, it is used because you know Cell Max is a kaiju, so Piccolo does use that bluff as well as you can do in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then Piccolo, he at least manages to find a sensu for Gohan to eat. And Gohan's like, seriously, Piccolo, you kept the you kept the last sensu for me? And he's like, that's because you're my son, Gohan. That's not what he <laughs> says in the dialogue, but that's what he means by it, you know? Yeah. You're my boy. 
I'm You're my boy. He's, you know, I'm, I'm, I may not be your father, but I am your daddy. Uh, to to quote Guardians of the Galaxy. Anyways, uh, Piccolo, <laughs> he asks Gohan to unleash his true power and save the world. Then Piccolo dukes it out with Cell. He even gets his arm chopped off. Um, as Gohan powers up, the other heroes also help out, but they get knocked out pretty quickly. And then Cell, he holds up Piccolo's defeated body, and Gohan finally snaps. And this is the visual reference. This is a visual reference to Gohan snapping when Cell killed Android 16. Uh, isn't that right, Sasha? I guess, yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, <laughs> it was similar of like, you see his loved ones get hurt and then he gets pushed over the edge. And, and it's the same it. exact, like, it's the same uh, black and then black background with the red line, like that whole shock thing. It's the exact oh, I didn't same remember thing. remember that, but... Uh, uh, okay. So I guess that's a cool reference. Um, <laughs> basically... The, the whole point of this movie is put characters in traumatic situations um, where they probably will have nightmares for the rest of their lives uh, with the imagery that has been burned into their, their memories. Yeah. Um, but they, well, they won't because they'll, they'll all enter fugue states in which they go, oh, and then they just like return to like their lives. Or they exactly. have the PTSD, and that's why they like are obsessed with bugs. <laughs> yeah, I hope that the next film is just Gohan going to uh like therapy and he's like and then he, he he was held up by his throat uh but i became more powerful so that's good right and he's like um so your dad was absent during your childhood you say <laughs> uh we gotta remember uh what is it uh he saw goku gohan saw goku die t at least twice uh he piccolo was the one who killed goku mm -hmm. uh in the saiyan saga and then Piccolo, not Piccolo, fucking Goku chose to let himself die when Cell blew up during the Cell games. And that, like, he didn't even have to fucking die. He was just like, you know, I need Gohan to get stronger, so I'm just going to die to make this uh, happen. He took himself out of the running for the fight. Father of the year. Father, Father of the year. Of the year. Goku. And, then, and then, just to make it even better, when they try to resurrect Goku, he's like, you know what? I'm going to chill in heaven for a while, guys. You know, I think I think I'm bringing too much trouble here. So uh, see you guys in like seven years or so. <laughs> That's his most mature decision he's ever made. <laughs> he's just <laughs> like, let them grieve and move on. I'm going to be here in heaven, uh, sipping my ties <laughs> mm -hmm. or doing whatever the hell he does. I assume just run. No, no, sipping my ties. You had the right. Sasha, imagine how good Dragon Ball would have been if it ended with the Cell Saga. Would that have been a better ending than uh, the Boo Saga? Um, I mean, I liked the ending of the Boo Saga. That was yeah. fine. Um, it it was the true closure of Vegeta's arc, and I was like, oh, well, that's as good. He's finally resolved to the fact that you know he doesn't have to constantly strive for being the most powerful um, and just be confident in his own abilities. Um, but then that was completely undone by Dragon Ball Super when everyone's motivation from that point forward was let's endanger as many people as possible just to prove that I have the, the biggest dick. Um, that, but That's uh, more of a Goku thing, at least. I mean, Vegeta does criticize Goku for his actions constantly in Super. So there's that, at least. I suppose. Um, I think that the, the proper conclusion to the whole series was a little-known show called Dragon Ball GT. Which, oh, fuck off. <laughs> in my opinion... Better than Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> uh, I I tried to to watch Dragon Ball GT and I cannot agree with that assessment. I think the last ten minutes of GT are good, where where no. Goku. I mean, yeah, when he's like coming back to Earth, I just think that it was a return to form of like 
Dragon Ball the series was like a road trip show where it's like episodic. Every episode they're in a different spot. They're helping people out. And it's kind of fun being in a Toriyama environment. Um, and they did that for GT. It was like they go to a different planet every episode. It's fun. You see them get into hijinks. Ha ha ha. Um, and then Dragon Ball Z is just like basically characters getting more muscular, um, charging up a lot. Uh, the best characters fall by the wayside. Um, Yamcha dies in that hole. Um, yeah, it just feels way less satisfying looking back in retrospect. And as a kid, like, yeah, it was exciting. And then they have lots of, like, powerful laser blasts coming out of their eyeballs and whatnot. But it removed a lot of the joy, which made the original Dragon Ball so fun. And, like, even looking back, there's, like, humor and, like, things that, I remember quite fondly that show how much happens in that show, which I th thought GT did a very good job of emulating. But yeah, Dra Dragon Ball Z is like, for me, it represents a lot of like kind of the power fantasy elements that were fun as a kid. But as an adult, I look back and I appreciate the original Dragon Ball and GT much more. I, I my note on GT and then then we'll we'll move on is just GT has the road trip feel. And then it bails off it uh, probably like, you know, 15 episodes in. And it's like, never mind. We want this to be more of a Z-style show. And it's not a very good Z-style show. Uh, but I do like the ending. I think that ending is good. And, you know, I wasn't big on the whole Goku becoming a kid thing either. But again, we will see. We will see if uh, Dragon Ball Super or whatever ends up retconning it. Who the fuck knows? Um, yeah. You will, yeah. I I'll text you when that's officially confirmed. I'm sure. Anyways, um, Cell Max, uh, he holds up Piccolo's defeated body. Gohan finally snaps, and then he turns into a new form, and this form is called officially Gohan Beast. Applause. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I mean, <laughs> this is just hitting on more of my criticisms of the show, where it's like I can't, I, I can't do it, and it's like oh. Well, what if we kill your friend? And then the trauma is like, okay, my hair's a different color now. It was like, I don't know. It's just, it's just so much of that throughout the series of just like, and uh, oh, well, his, his hair already turned uh, blonde. What are we going to do? How about we turn it blue? Ooh, that hasn't been done before. Like, it kind of read, I, I hate to say it, just with like all of the fan service and how it was executed. There are times where the writing of this came off as bad fan fiction, where it's like, Oh, but what if what if Piccolo turned orange? Oh yeah. Um, and what if Cell comes back, but he's like really powerful this time? Like S Sasha, did you know the uh, the writer of the Dragon Ball Super manga is the guy who who wrote the uh, fan fiction manga Dragon Ball AF? Oh, which, really? Which, which back in the like the nineties and two thousands, my friends, including a uh, previous guest on the show Dante Samarelli, uh, was were convinced that that was real. I mean, this is you know early internet era we're also children and you're just like oh anything on the internet must be real dragon ball af must be real and the the the, the, a, the af the af stood for after future oh <laughs> oh dragon ball as fuck but it there is something to be said that like a dragon ball fan fiction writer is now a a writer an official writer for dragon ball you uh, hear that kids you can fail upwards well yeah. i guess L listen your tumblr dreams can come true isn't that also just what the Disney Star Wars stuff is too, really? Uh, oh, JJ don't get Abrams. Me started. 
I actually like most of these. <laughs> I like a chunk. You, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a hardcore Last Jedi defender, but I, I'll I'll digress. Anyways, um, yeah, Gohan turns into Gohan Beast. Cell punches Gohan, and Gohan isn't even phased. And then Cell makes an insanely huge energy blast that's going to destroy the world. It's taking up you know a good chunk of the world. It's so fucking huge. It's like miles huge. And then uh, Piccolo grabs Cell with his stretchy hand. And Gohan finally unleashes the move that I, Jack Metcalf, was waiting 20 plus years to fucking see on screen, the special beam cannon, which uh, you were watching the sub. So it was translated as like uh, Masang Poco, uh, but no. Mm -hmm. The special beam cannon is Piccolo's iconic move. It is the move that Piccolo used to kill uh, Goku and Raditz. So it is... uh, Gohan using the move that killed his father, which he witnessed when he was five, and he finally gets to use that same move. Yeah, just the fact that, like, none of that was foreshadowed, really. Like, it would be good if they had, like, some kind of hint to that, or, like, even, like, a scene where, I don't know, it could have been fleshed out more when, uh, earlier in the film, Piccolo was being critical of Gohan, but instead the whole scene was, look at these bugs! (laughs) Which is fine, I guess, but like, yeah, I saw him going into the pose for the special beam cannon. Was just like, at this point, I guess you were let. You, you weren't like me. I was cheering in the fucking theater. I, I should also note, I've seen, the, I saw this movie twice in theaters and almost saw it a thir- third time. Oh really? Uh, oh, so, you saw this in theater? I didn't realize that. Oh yeah, no, I saw this in theaters back when it like came out, man. Um, so I did enjoy this movie a lot, but again. I will also not uh, diminish Sasha's criticisms, which uh, I can both agree with and also say, I just found this movie to be fucking fun. <laughs> uh, like, don't get me wrong. It was it was a romp. Uh, I, I enjoyed myself. It was good to go back into the universe of these characters. I'm just a cynical old prick who looks at media and thinks like, I don't know, I've worked in the entertainment industry and I just see the cogs turning of like how executives want to, create films and like they're they're great spectacles don't get me wrong i you, I, I like a night out at uh, with the mcu as much as the next guy i just i don't know I, I i crave like you were talking about star wars i crave uh a story in one of these universes where it's not just about the, the same four things um where maybe it's like it takes place in the the dragon ball universe but it's a guy who owns a record shop i don't know um, that stuff is more interesting to me, but that's also just me having consumed so much media. Yeah. You uh, want you want Jim Jarmusch's take on <laughs> uh, on Dragon Ball. <laughs> I want to see coffee and cigarettes, but in the Dragon Ball universe. I do agree. I think sometimes it's like there's like we've. I think we're in an area right now uh, in like or like not area like a hit part of like a cycle in which. We're yeah, everyone's kind of caught up in like the same sort of like, oh, we always we have to build towards something bigger, everything needs to be bigger, and it's all related back to like say like one movie or one character. And it's like that was one of the rich issues I was having, like getting into Star Wars, where I was like, they keep talking and teasing about this giant, giant world, and yet we're always going back to fucking Luke Skywalker. And I'm just like, I want to see more. And I think the TV shows are like branching away from it, but still um like i've heard very good things about andor um but it's i think still it's like there's those elements there where you're like let's you know you can 
let's go pan right a bit and see what's going on on the right or pan left and see what's going on in like the left we don't well that's it exactly and also like i get that so much of star wars is about you know the struggle between you know an empire and a resistance but they also tease so much in that show or in that movie series where it's like i don't know i could stick stick to just one planet and just like hang out here for 90 minutes and i'd be curious to see like what sort of uh japes the 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 wookies get up to or you know just like it doesn't always have to be there's a plot the empire is advancing we gotta like fight the empire um and the you know the shiny swords will come out eventually like that stuff is not what interests me it's more like can we flesh this out more to be something more than just the same shit over and over and over and over again I should I should also bring up the fact that you did work on uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, which was a movie that did make me groan pretty hard. Hey, I'm not. I, I, <laughs> look, I can't stand by everything that I, I work on. Some things are a paycheck, but also uh, I am I. The visual effects of that movie were long listed for the Oscars, and I was part of that team, so uh, <laughs> I, I am quite, <laughs> yeah. quite proud of that project from that perspective. And that's all I'll say on Ghostbusters Afterlife. All right. NDA, he can't talk about it. The NDA runs for a couple more years. <laughs> exactly. Check back in this... in twenty twenty nine. Listen, you know what the listenership of this podcast is. I think you're probably fucking safe. <laughs> Not gonna risk it. Not Maybe. gonna risk. Not gonna risk. You never it. know. You never know. You, like the problem is you don't know. You don't know who's listening to the podcast in like Dominica, right? We don't know who's <laughs> listening because this podcast keeps trending in the most random countries. <laughs> and yeah. anyways, um, after Gohan finally kills Cell Max once and for all, uh, Piccolo is like, "Hey, you know, where'd you learn that move? You know?" And uh, Gohan says he was actually practicing it in secret. So guess what? It turns out Gohan was training all along. Um, I think you know, just uh, from what you mentioned, Sasha, maybe we could have like seen like after like Gohan was talking to Piccolo in that first scene, we could have maybe just seen uh, Gohan like put his uh, fingers on his forehead and just kind of charged it up, and we were like, "Oh, what's he gonna do?" Or some something that kind of hinted at that. Or something, yeah. Yeah. He got nothing, and it was like he did it, and yay, I guess. <laughs> and it made it made Jack Metcalf very very happy. <laughs> I I roared in a theater of like maybe twenty people because this movie was not well advertised. Anyone else um, with you? No, I think it was just me, but I didn't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all that matters, Jack. Anyways, uh, Gamma 2 is unfortunately dead for real. Everyone else survived, but Gamma 2 um, fades away into nothingness. Uh, he is there the one... only ca- be one Gamma. <laughs> He's the one casualty of this movie. Who knows if we'll see Gamma 1 or something. Or maybe, you know, this is Dragon Ball. Maybe Dr. Hito ends up rebuilding uh, Gamma 2 again. But um, what is it? Also, Pan, she finally learns how to fly. So yay on that. Uh, we get like a little ending scene of Pan flying and we get to see all the characters smiling and stuff. It's a fun little shot. Uh, Trunks and Goten fuse properly for once, but we don't actually get to see them. Uh, So I guess we're going to have to wait even longer to see what teen Gotenks looks like. And then the movie ends. Uh, The post credit scene is a scene where Goku and Vegeta have finished sparring and it turns out that Goku falls first and Vegeta has finally defeated his foe Kakarot in a sparring match that doesn't actually mean anything. But then, uh, you know who is affected by it? Uh, Broly and his friend. Uh, they're uh, they're crying. So I thought that was cute. 
Yeah, and then what's-her-name is in the back being like, ugh, boys. <laughs> there you go. That's the movie. Uh, let's get into fucking Speedwagons. Cue the music. Speedwagon! 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 Allow me to elucidate ya. The name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. I'll go first, as always. My speed wagon is Bulma's booty. Uh, that booty gets a Jesus quite... Christ, <laughs> that booty, that booty gets a fucking showcase. That booty is a character of its own, man. Um, in the previous Dragon Ball movie, Dragon Ball Super Broly, uh, it was very much focused on uh, the green chick Chilai's uh, boobs. This one, this is this gives it uh, something for the boys who like the booty. So. <laughs> Listen, the, uh, the, the unabashed formula. Yeah, Jack is an ass man. Uh, <laughs> Listen, that that's a that's a booty for everyone, yo. Um, <laughs> anyway, that on the poster. <laughs> Please, uh, yeah, put that. Yeah, that's a character in and of itself. And you know, one of the things about Dragon Ball that is true to its roots is uh, Toriyama's just abject horniness. So, yeah, not as bad as other. Uh, 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 mangaka or uh, creators, but uh, yeah, it's it's always there. It's always Could be far there. worse for sure. I mean, One Piece has had some pretty pretty uh, bad character designs post uh, time skip when it comes to that. Yeah, uh, yeah, really accentuated. Well, look, what is it? Uh, the Rebecca character from Dress Rosa. That was a character who is just like, you know. <laughs> oh yeah. Settle or, down. Um, or Yamato, who has like no breasts for the first three episodes that. Uh, he's featured and then yeah. suddenly has like the most massive breasts after that. Um, yeah. Wild times. Anyways. Wild, um, wild times. Who's ready for their speed wagon? I, I guess I can go. Uh, unless Sasha, you want to go? No, you go, Malcolm. All right. Uh, I wanted, I'm going to actually say uh, we didn't really talk a lot about him, but uh, I liked uh, Dr. Uh, Tito. Uh, the little like, I guess the little fat doctor that they like spring from the prison there was like a scene right at the beginning of the movie that made me laugh where like he's like got his suitcase and his little like suit and cape on leaving the prison and like the very first thing is that i don't know someone throws something at him i thought they were like throwing like food at him and he like grabs this thing throws it back into the prison and it blows up it turns out it was a grenade <laughs> i don't i was like <laughs> that was like the first five minutes of this movie um and yeah, I don't know. There's just something about the haircut. I mean, maybe I guess it's like a you know slightly bigger character, but uh, you know, we didn't know, talk more about him. We talked about him as like the uh, the author insert because that was the whole thing. He's yeah, know, he's... yeah, exactly. So like that's why I kind of I liked him. I I feel like we've talked about him a little more. Um, so yeah, he. I just like I just wanted to bring up the thing of like him wearing the cape and then the. Uh, just the grenade and then the rolling suitcase <laughs> that he left prison with. Yeah, Sasha, we're ready for you. <laughs> uh, my speed wagon is Piccolo's penis. I feel like uh, everything <laughs> was analogous to that. Uh, the fact that his <laughs> he grows, it's, it's, it's reflective of his erections. He turns orange, you know, it's, it's, it's warning signs against uh, venereal disease. Um, yeah, I don't know. Supporting characters in this one. I mean, uh, 
it just made me sad that like of all the supporting characters that came out, Yamcha wasn't one of them. Like that guy was so good in the original series, and then they just made him so shitty afterwards, and he gets shit on by the fan base a lot, and it feels so undeserved. Um, I'm describing a speedwagon who wasn't in the film, but um, yeah, he's <laughs> in the universe, so I'm gonna say Yamcha. You know, um, maybe the next Dragon Ball movie will focus on uh, the the other characters like Yamcha and Tien. I mean, I'm they a big Tien fan. They will never do that. They will never do that. They've done Piccolo and Gohan because they were on the fringes of being relevant, but they wheel them out for every arc of like, ah, but the Z Fighters are here, and then they do nothing or they get the shit kicked out of them. Um, and then online people are like, Yamcha's the worst character. Why is he even in this? And I cry a little bit. You know, Tien, uh, again, Sasha, I'm not sure if you watched the entirety of the of the whole super thing. Uh, Tien does manage to get invited to the Tournament of Power, and then he only has half an episode as a showcase, and he is then eliminated. Oh, uh, See, it's this it, shit. It's that shit of, like, <laughs> he's relevant, and it's like, no, he's not. He's gonna, yeah. he's just gonna lose very quickly. Yeah, uh, I was very disappointed. Even Krillin, who is the first of the Z Fighters to get eliminated... He's only eliminated because they like need an exposition guy on the sidelines. So yeah. he still gets stuff to do. Um, I think and- Goku is finally going Ultra Instinct. <laughs> Sasha, Sasha, if Sunny Straight ever passes, you know, Funimation better <laughs> hire you. I mean, I was actually, um, I was on Wikipedia as soon as I heard uh, Krillin's voice in um, the, the OJ, the Japanese that we were watching, because um, when I was consuming... Uh, 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 Dragon Ball Media back in the day, it was all the dub. Um, so I did know about Sunny Straight, but like, uh, I I heard the voice of uh, Krillin in the Japanese. And I was like, oh, is this who I think it is? And it's actually the same person who voices uh, Monkey D. Luffy in One Piece. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, what is it? Sunny Straight voices Usopp in One Piece. Uh, so yeah. Oh, really? Where'd yeah. You go? There you go. All right, final thoughts on Dragon Ball Super Superhero. Uh, like I said, I enjoy this movie. I picked this movie because I wanted to fuck with Malcolm. <laughs> Actually, speaking of which, Malcolm, there, there's a bigger question, which is, did Piccolo get redeemed? I don't think we touched on that enough. So I, I need to hear your final thoughts on Piccolo specifically. He's uh, a kid. <laughs> but, but, he, yeah. but that's just a thing he does. He kidnapped Gohan, so he's just... <laughs> Listen, that's his thing. That's his thing. Everyone's got their own little quirk to them. He kidnaps children. He kidnaps children and then goes into like kindergarten cop uh, like storylines with them. (laughs) Where he's like, oh, yeah, I I oughta. (laughs) Sitcom dad with these like kidnapped children. When he kidnapped uh, Gohan, it was more malicious. It was like, yeah, I fucking killed your dad. I hate your dad. I'm going to train you and, you know, prove that I'm the best by, you know, taking his son. And then, of course, he sacrifices himself because it turns out he did form a bond with Gohan. And then, you know, subsequent stories, he, of course, just, you know, became uh, the Vision or Data or whatever. He became the nerd of the crew because he couldn't compete in the strength level anymore. You know, always there to support uh, Gohan. But anyways, uh, I'll let Malcolm continue. <laughs> yeah, I I will say that, you know, by the end of this movie, uh, I really like, again, I really like that train sequence. That It was really fun to watch. And there, there's a little bit more where I was felt like there's a little bit more depth to Piccolo here. Um, you know, that like, listen, as you said, he's, it's the thing he does. He kidnaps kids. 
He really he exposes them to high levels of violence. Uh, he hits them without remorse. Uh, but you know, but he's the demon king, right? He's the demon king of you know the hell or whatever. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. He he just became a little more tolerable. Like it's like he aged up and he you know he got a little less grumpy and you know he was on the right side for the the whole movie essentially. Uh, except for his stupid fucking plan, which was to kidnap his. <laughs> the, but, uh, but the plan worked. The only person who died was an android. So you know. <laughs> yeah, the plan worked. Thank God, <laughs> it got him. A, yeah, it got Gohan out of his shell. Yeah, um, so it was all worth it in the end. The it end was all justified wor- the means. Exactly. I yeah, because at the end of the day, it's all about Gohan and manipulating him and using his his daughter against him to so he could become a great fighter and, and so yeah and then and he's then so Goku... conditioned... oh Sorry, you go. go well then he and then he's so conditioned to uh liking piccolo that he apologizes for everything that happened and piccolo's like yeah it's all right and it's like no this is not the dynamic he kidnapped your daughter and he's just like no oh, well but you know i became a little bit more powerful i got a red ring around my eye now it's like sure yeah, he's like, ah, shucks. All right, uh, final thoughts on the movie, Malcolm. It's a movie. Uh, it's a movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I'm still not into the Dragon Ball world. I, like I said, I, I don't have the nostalgia for the franchise. So it had some fun action sequences. I really like the animation style. I like the updated for like animation style. Um, they made a really good decision there on like the art direction. Um, I think also I kind of feel like uh, I relate to Sasha in terms of like, yeah, there's a lot of fan service here and I don't know if it pays off. You know, it's like that thing of like, you know, and I think again, the MCU is kind of is very guilty of this where they'll like have a character show up for like three lines. And like the whole idea is that when that character shows up, it's not really about advancing the plot or any, anything of the movie you're watching. It's supposed to be like, oh, look at the teaser. And like that, it's for that opening night audience to give the movie an applause break as they show up. Like, whoa, look who's out from the rubble. So, you know, I think this seems to have a similar thing, um, it sounds like. And I felt like I, I, I could tell mostly because. I didn't know who these characters were and why they were important in the Dragon Ball world outside of like our main players. Totally. All right. It's your turn, Sasha. I've been pretty explicit. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> um, uh, it, it was a spectacle. It was fun. Like the, they did the blasty man thing. Um, I don't know. I don't want to say I've matured out of Dragon Ball, but it was certainly like, it reminded me of like why I enjoyed it as a kid of like it is exemplary shonen of like don't think too hard they're just punching each other um the plot doesn't really matter it's of little consequence they're right back where they began for a lot of for a lot of things from the start of the film to the end of the film minus like a couple upgrades here or there um I don't feel like the characters grew uh, I felt like uh, some of the characters like became a little bit more despicable, uh, who should be seen as like uh, more sympathetic. But it was exactly what I was expecting out of a uh, out of a Dragon Ball film, and like 
I don't know, it was, it was beautiful to look at. And uh, yeah, some some uh, heart-pounding action sequences. So, you know, if that's your thing, this is the film for you. Couldn't have said it better myself. I agree with everything you said. And again, my my response is just like, yeah, it was fun. I enjoyed it. Maybe I'll even watch it another time. But hey, that's just me. Um, shit, I guess that's but the you're end of a our... big fan of this, right? You're a big fan yeah. of, the, of yeah, the Dragon Ball world. So, that's and the I thing. appreciate your enthusiasm. You know, we've got people on all ends. We've got Sasha, who watched the show, but is kind of waning in his fandom. We've got Malcolm, who is our, our test subject, who has not seen any of this. And then you've got me, who, again, I just fucking... I I just like this. It's fun. It's comfort food. Is it deep? No. Are there going to be deep characters in any of these subsequent movies? Probably not. Um, but, you know, I'll continue watching it. I think yeah, it's a better mo- movie than, say, uh, Ant-Man 3 or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, this movie is all about style over substance. And you know what? It commits to that. It knows it's fucking stupid, and it just kind of commits, I feel. It, yeah, it goes full. Full yeah. R word. All right, that oh, about it. <laughs> Cut that. Well, well, folks, uh, it looks like we're at the end of episode 100. I hope you enjoyed the return of Malcolm. I now have no idea when Malcolm will return because, again, we had like the perfect setup. He'd come back for 100. So who the fuck knows? Uh, but this It'll was a It'll be delight. a mystery. It'll be a, a mystery. mystery. <laughs> Ooh! <laughs> It'll be a delight. I'm just like praying that Malcolm, like, uh, has like so little going on in his life that he just asked to come back. But uh, we'll see. Anyways, um, yeah, that about ends it, folks. Uh, Malcolm, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Malcolm RJ McLeod. You can find me on uh, Twitter at Malcolm RJ McLeod. Uh, you'll see you know, me posting about the things I'm up to, uh, the comedy shows I'm doing, uh, the other pro- creative projects I'm working on. Uh, it's a good time. You're still in the you're still in the uh, landing page or whatever, so you, your notes are still present there. So there you go. Ah, perfect. Sasha, and, what uh, about you? Yeah, Sasha. You can find me at Steamworks Bathhouse on uh, <laughs> Pender Street in Vancouver. Please don't tell my girlfriend; she doesn't know that I go there. I feel like I'm really myself when I uh, am there with the boys, uh, as I like to call them. Uh, you know, just getting lathered up and washed, washed and rinsed. And, um, you know, and some other things, if you know what I mean. Yeah, he does, he does a comedy. Uh, yeah, he, he does comedy. It's a, an open mic at the bathhouse. Oh, a mic is a guy at the bathhouse. Um, <laughs> yeah. And he's open. It, uh, steamy, steamy boys comedy. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> you really dug yourself a hole. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, you can you? find me. Just search Sasha Husband. There's one of me in the world, and I've got social media. But it's S A C H A. None of this S A S H A bullshit. That ain't me. Yeah. You're on Fiverr. I am on Fiverr. Buy a job off me on uh, on Fiverr. Um, uh, don't uh, don't buy people's AI voices if you see them floating around. Uh, established people because they have almost certainly not given their consent. Um, yeah, this uh, industry is being overrun by people who just want to um, take voice prints and not compensate the people for them. So, um, yeah, uh, unless it's of like a politician, if it's Joe Biden and Trump arguing about um, uh, uh, Halo Reach, then by all means. But for people who are trying to make a living, no, nah, don't do it.
All right. And you can find me at Jack is Jack on Instagram, only real Jack M on Twitter. You can find the podcast at is this anime pod on both Instagram and Twitter. We are barely active on Twitter. Just come to the Instagram. It's more fun. Um, maybe we'll jump on the next major platform that takes over Twitter. Who knows? Uh, I don't know what it is, but maybe we'll be like the one podcast that's on there and then get all the, uh, the hype from that. Yeah. So, we'll be the first podcast on Hive. Yeah. Something like that. Who we, <laughs> yeah. All these things that we talk about for a week when we're like, oh shit, that's going to take over Twitter. And then, uh, we're like, nah, fuck that. Nope. All right, Malcolm. Now it's your turn. Uh, I've been botching the classic and remembers, so I'll leave it to you, man. All right. Well, this has been a fun one for episode 100. Uh, we we watched Dragon Ball, uh, super superhero. <clears throat> and remember, it's still sex if you don't kiss her on those lips. On episodes, Power Bottoms.